Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. There are plenty of jokes about mummy wine time. When you've had a long day with the kids, it's common to reach for a glass of wine. My next guest says that the talk around mums and wine isn't always innocent. Mim Jenkinson is the author of Less Wine, More Time, One Mother's Journey to Overcoming a Secret Alcohol Addiction. Hi, Mim. How are you? Hello. Very good. Thank you. Let's start at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Was alcohol always a big part of your life? It has been from my mid to late teens. (laughs) Um, I've always been kind of, you know, had drink in my life, not in a very big way, but over the years, you know, as soon as I started hitting 18, 21 and socialising became a much bigger thing, it was. There's only been a few periods in my life when I haven't drank anything, and that's my two pregnancies, and then when I went through chemo for breast cancer. So... When did you realise it was a problem? Because as I mentioned, it's it's not uncommon at mm. the end of a day to say, hey, I'd like a, a glass of wine, I just need to relax. Yeah, it's very common. And, and it wasn't until I wanted to reduce the amount and realise that was actually a big struggle that I realised it was a problem. And over time, especially in the past um, couple of years, after being diagnosed with cancer, the amount I was drinking and the frequency just started to build up. And I knew it was getting to the point where it just wasn't healthy. I didn't feel good from it. I felt a lot of guilt and shame, anxiety, and of course, just not feeling great after drinking so much. Um, I wanted to cut back and I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. So give me some context because I know mums who Mm. could go through a bottle or two a night and I might have one beer. So what is the... um what is too much, I guess? Yeah, and it's also relative, isn't it? I mean, we're all very different and we have a different reaction to alcohol. And I do share the amount um, that I drank in the book. I don't really like to talk about it too much because I find that the reaction from people is so varied. So I could say I drank this much and you might think, well, I don't drink anything like that much, therefore I'm fine. You'd use me as a benchmark or you might drink more and me talking about the content and the context and the content that I'm drinking might make you feel bad and I don't want to project you know further guilt or shame onto anybody so it's just so relative and That's such an interesting insight though because yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that at all well it was as I started to share my experience and how much I was drinking the reaction was so different from different people some would say wow, that, you know, I drink that every night. That's not a problem to me. Or, gosh, I couldn't imagine drinking that much. You must have felt dreadful. So the reaction has been really varied. And for you, as you say, it was when you decided you wanted to cut back. Yes. Um, we, I have kind of skated over a major life event, of course, <laughs> apart from your two children, was that you were diagnosed with um, breast cancer. I was. While um, you still had a baby. Yeah, he was five and a half months old. And we had just come back to Newcastle from the UK it was literally the point where the rest of our lives were in front of us and we were hoping to settle down by our forever home and everything was amazing (laughs) (laughs) and then a cancer diagnosis came out of nowhere as they often do and it just it completely shocked me and because my chemo regime was quite a tricky one it was um, really quite grueling and I had to leave work um So just the reality at the time everything was we just got on with it you know day to day we cracked on but months and months after chemo and radiation finished that's when the fear and the anxiety started to really kick in and I didn't quite realize the extent of that or the fact it was leading me to drinking more until 
I realised that actually there's a massive problem here. Unless you know someone who has been through a cancer diagnosis and treatment or have been through it yourself, sometimes it's difficult to understand what post-treatment life is like. Mm. Once you've had the diagnosis, you go through the treatment, what are your um, thoughts at the end of that? Do you feel like, oh, it's all done now? Off we go, healthy life ahead. Yeah, there's an element of that for sure, but not fully for me. And I had a lot of that feedback around me. You know, you get you get the, not the certificate, but you literally ring the bell at the end of chemo to say, chemo's done, off you go, live your life, you're all clear, everything's amazing, and people are coming to you with very positive messaging. And I just sat at home and thought, why don't I feel amazing? And I, and I felt good physically because I was starting to feel myself after the chemo left my body but I just felt so full of fear and I felt so much guilt that I wasn't running marathons and embracing (laughs) life and doing all the things as if you know I've got a second chance at life why am I not you know filled of filled with motivation and optimism and you had two toddlers as well two little kids that was quite tricky (laughs) I had started my own business which was you know Leaving, having to leave work for chemo was difficult, but at the same time, it gave me a great opportunity to start my own business. But that comes with its own stresses. So it just felt like all of these things were piling on. And I felt very guilty that I shouldn't be very grateful and happy all the time. That's tough. I'm sorry you had to go through that. It's awful. Um, so it's at that point that you started to drink again, because um, did you say you couldn't drink through the chemo? Yeah, I chose not to because I felt so awful. Um, and actually, towards the end of chemo, I started to have the odd glass of wine again. And strangely, as that built up and I was drinking more and had a couple of nights out every now and again, I realised that I didn't get a hangover, which... I thought was a bonus. (laughs) I think my body just felt so rotten all the time that nothing could could feel any worse. Um, And so I suppose, you know, because of that and because the stress and the anxiety, and I'd never experienced anxiety before in my life, but because that was really kind of piling on, I just drank more and more as the time went on. And it's only looking back now that I realise how long I had the issue. Um, And it quite, it stunned me, you know, it stunned me that I was drinking so much and how long I've been doing it for. Okay. So at that point, you decided now it's time to cut back, but you found that you couldn't. Mm. What did you do then? Oh, I spoke to my GP and I was seeing a psychologist at the time for the cancer PTSD. And, um, you know, they'd said to me, well, why don't you think about quitting altogether? And to me, that sounded horrific. (laughs) (laughs) My perception of somebody who didn't drink was that they were boring and they must feel so deprived all the time. And it's how I felt during pregnancy. You know, I was looking forward to a piece of brie and a drink again. And I just thought life without alcohol would be less fun. And um, so I didn't want to do that. But... I decided that cutting back was something that I really wanted to do, but it wasn't within my power to just do it by myself. I tried and failed every night, pretty much. So went on to Audible, had a search for books on how to cut back on alcohol. And the first one that came up was about how to quit drinking for women, particularly. And I just looked at the title and thought, well, that's the universe (laughs) telling me to read the book. And I thought, well, you know worst case scenario I cut back a little bit and best case scenario I quit because this book is telling me that I will want to so let's give it a bash and see what happens and it worked and it worked wow (laughs) have to ask you about the book later you in the process of writing this book spoke to other women and 
uh, talked about their patterns of drinking, mm. in particular mothers, of course. Yeah. What did you find out about the reasons they were drinking? Oh, it was fascinating. So I shared my experience on my blog and Instagram and just was receiving so many hundreds of messages about other mums wanting to cut down or seeing that they had, you know, a, not a problem necessarily with all of them, but a habit that they wanted to try and eliminate. And then I decided to do a survey. So I surveyed a thousand women, all mothers, and asked them loads of different questions about their drinking habits, why they drank, how much. And it fascinated me. Like most of them came back and said the reason that they drank was because they wanted to gain more confidence, because they needed a way of relaxing. And when they provided further commentary, it was all about the, you know, how difficult motherhood can be. And alcohol is a, you know, a very fast way for some to just instantly relax which it was for me. Um, so I completely understood that. And it all seemed to be about the habit of drinking. And, um, you know, especially the messaging on social media as well just gives us that permission to think that, well, everyone else is drinking this much. Apparently, we all drink coffee through the day and wine all night. That's, <laughs> that's the mother thing to do. Um, and I know personally for me, and I, and I loved those memes at the time, I thought they were hilarious. And now I look back and see that for me, it made me feel okay because everyone else was drinking too. Yeah, that's so interesting. And uh, another thing I think from just anecdotally from friends, etc., that difficulty of motherhood, that isolation, that mm. sacrifice, it seems like alcohol in the evenings are a reward. Like you're giving so much else up. Yeah. You don't have time to pee alone. You're tired. <laughs> Everything hurts. Yeah. The, your indulgences are a coffee in the morning and mm. a wine at night. And, and that I can understand as well why women would feel like that. It's true. And, you know, I mean, myself and my husband, we very rarely go out anymore. We've got the two little kids and we, um, we very rarely have a date night. And so for us, enjoying a bottle of wine, whether it was over dinner after the kids had gone to bed or in front of Netflix, that was our socialising and that was something that we did together as well. So it was a, a bonding experience and it's something that we enjoyed together and it just became a habit for the two of us, you know, and, and definitely we felt quite deprived, I suppose, that not upset, we made a choice that we're very happy with to be parents, but staying in every night does get a little bit mundane. And so we did, we turned to, you know, glasses of wine that kind of stacked up over time. And how has your husband been about this for yeah, you? Yeah, he's actually been really good. And I know that for um, some of the mums I've spoken to, some of my friends as well, it might be a tricky experience for them because their husbands potentially want to continue drinking. So I asked my husband if he would stop for a few weeks after I quit so I could, you know, not have any temptations. And he did so. And then after a few weeks, he decided that he didn't want to go back to it. So he's had two drinks right in the early days, but otherwise um, he's <laughs> quit for a year as well. And he says he has no plans to drink. So wow, that was good yeah. <laughs> for me. <laughs> That's really handy. Yeah. Was the pro you say you found this amazing book and that it helped you yes. quit? Was the process of quitting challenging? No. Wow, really? <laughs> no. Um, li literally, it happened within two weeks, and I think if I'd read the book quicker, it would have happened quicker. But you know, the book aside, it really was just identifying the fact that the reason I was drinking was a habit. So uh, you know, I used it to um, make myself feel better, but really, it became the habit of kids have gone to bed, out comes the wine, Netflix is on, 
I'll have another glass of wine. And, and that was just a habit that I needed to, first of all, you know, identify that I had it and then look at the reasons why I was drinking and eradicate that habit and replace it with other things. So as soon as I kind of started examining the reasons why I personally was drinking and then realised that if I stopped, I'd still have happiness in my life. <laughs> I'd still have the social engagements with my friends. I'd still be able to do everything I was doing but maybe I'd feel some benefits of not drinking as well. And then as soon as those benefits start kicking in, it's the same with anything, isn't it? As soon as you get the payoff, you want to keep going. Yeah. So what is the payoff? Uh, to me, it's it's just freedom, which sounds a little dramatic, <laughs> but not having, not being tied to drinking most evenings or every evening sometimes, not being tied to only wanting to go to venues with alcohol, um, not having that association with the guilt and the shame I felt every single night that I did drink again, um, not having the hangovers anymore when they happened. It's just... It's really freeing. And then, of course, over time, um, sleep got so much better and I actually slept. And I I struggle with insomnia anyway from time to time. But since becoming a mum, I'm sure you can relate. You just your sleep is so much lighter. You can hear them wake up before they've even woke up. And I just put that down to being a mum and it being a thing. But I experienced for the first time in years what being asleep, like deep sleep really felt like. And then obviously waking up in the morning after a decent night's sleep you feel much better and I've got so much more clarity like I still have you know I still struggle when it comes to some of the thinking I had and the fear I had around the cancer coming back but I'm actually working on those things now instead of just drinking them away and I've already done like a heap of work on breaking down the habits that I had in thinking about cancer all the time and everything now I'm able to just tackle head-on rather than put it off until it gets to the point where I don't tackle it at all. Yeah, wow. Mim, it is such a fascinating story. Thank you so much <laughs> Thank for coming you. in. That's Mim Jenkinson. Her book is Less Wine, More Time, and I'll put links to where you can find it in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.